Welcome to the United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. Here, you will learn from powerlifting coaches, gymnastics coaches, CrossFit coaches, nutrition coaches, and strongman coaches. We collaborate and share best practices and want to bring our experience and continuing education to you. My name is Grant. And I'm Chanel. (laughs) We got to work on this whole intro thing. So someday it'll develop or maybe not. Who cares? I kind of like it just like this. Um, So, hey, today it is a beautiful uh, Friday. It's not a beautiful. it It was a crappy day. It was, there was snow and it was windy in Michigan. It's cold. Uh, let's call a spade a spade and, and say it was not a very nice day. We've been inside the gym all day recording virtual classes here during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic or shut inside. And um, so we're, we wanted to record another podcast for you. And uh, I was inspired to write down this episode based off of uh, what it was Nikki I believe, who asked the question about being really interested in Strongman during our quarantine Q&A episode. So I've been taking down some notes uh, about how in in line with the theme of this podcast, a CrossFit coach or, or strength and conditioning coach in general, uh, why you need to learn more about the sport of Strongman if you don't already. And how you can incorporate its movements into your personal training and your group class programming. That's that's the topic that we want to hit today. Uh, Chanel, who's with me, is a uh, amateur strongman athlete. She's competed in more competitions than I have. I have competition ADD. So I like to compete in a lot of different sports and bounce around to things. Uh, so I have <laughs> Vaxel looking at himself. Can you, maybe they'll be able to hear it in the background. Maybe not, but he's just, he's cleaning. He's, you know, doing his dog thing. He's being a good boy, sort of. So the, the whole point here is that, um, she is, you know, does well in these competitions, has trained uh, up for competitions, has incorporated strongman training into her CrossFit repertoire, uh, amongst other things. And uh, I have helped her in that as well on the programming side. So we kind of just want to give our uh, experience uh, from the last few years of doing that and things that we have seen uh, uh, on the side of seeing other strongman athletes who are part of CrossFit gyms and what they have done. So Without further ado, <clears throat> I uh, to give us a little bit of a guide, I went through the CrossFit online scaling course and uh, took straight from them the categories of athletes that uh, many of us CrossFit coaches see in our gym on a regular basis. So those categories are beginner athletes, intermediate athletes, advanced athletes, former athletes, and injured athletes. Now, uh, you know, we don't need to formally uh, hit every single one of these through each of these movements, but as they, you know, pop into mind uh, when we go through these movements, I'll definitely try to use this as a little benchmark to give you some feedback on this stuff. But I feel like uh, just about all of these movements will be able to be, you know, scaled for any of those categories for for your usage. So 
Let's start here at the top of the list that we got going on. My uh, terrible handwriting. We've got the axle bar deadlift. Now, for those people who aren't familiar, the axle bar uh, in general uh, is the constantly varied uh, loveliness of the chaos that is strongman uh, that we should appreciate is that the axle bar is generally uh, around what? A two inch diameter, right? Two to three, yeah. yeah. So, right, exactly. It's, it's <laughs> kind of whatever, usually uh, uh, a madman fabricator uh, who owns a metal shop will uh, make a bunch of these for a competition or something. So <clears throat> you never know what you're going to be facing when you, when you walk up to it. But in general, uh, just for reference, the collar width uh, or the sleeve width rather, not the collar, on a, a regular uh, barbell that we're all spoiled with um, is about two inches. So this is uh, two inches all the way across. And unlike a regular barbell, which has rotating uh, bearing or bushing uh, sleeves, <clears throat> this does not. So it is a, essentially a fixed pipe. <laughs> Axel's not impressed. Uh, but uh, so in other words, the, the weight will not rotate as you spin it uh, for, say, a clean or something like that. Um, and so there's a couple of different ways that we can work this into uh, our training. I remember when we were training, personal training out of the garage at uh, what CrossFit Mount Mitchell there on Fort Bragg with uh, Nadia and uh, her cohort. We, uh, we used the axle bar that we had in the, in the garage, um, not for what you might think, uh, because your average axle bar is actually hollow. I think it's a uh, schedule 40 pipe or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, so it actually, on average, a, a full size one weighs only about 25 pounds on average, 15 to 25, 15 to 25 yeah. pounds. They, they make stubby axle bars. Uh, conventional ones that you can just buy commercially from like Rogue or, you know, Titan Fitness or one of these places will generally have a stubby version, which is a little shorter, I think like five feet maybe. And then the uh, full length, which is about seven feet, about the same length as a regular barbell. And the full size one even will only be about 25 pounds. So I found this for, uh, we can throw beginner and maybe even intermediate athletes in this category is that, um, it's easier for them to squat or to press, especially pressing overhead. I've found uh, with athletes with a poor who are, it's very hard for them to get into a front rack position with a regular barbell because there's a bigger surface for them to grab on the axle bar. They're able to get into a front rack position with an axle bar where they wouldn't have been able to with a regular barbell. Um, but going back to that previous point that because it's only 25 pounds, uh, it's a little easier to move around uh, than a full-sized 45-pound barbell. So, and they're, the other caveat to that is that they're cheaper. So, I think you know, I think Titan Fitness Schedule 40 pipe is Schedule 40 pipe is Schedule 40 pipe. The only thing you need to worry about is like maybe the co the uh, those little uh, collar rings on there that the weld is really good. So. I, I could say that there's better or worse quality axles out there, but a lot of the higher end paying uh, axles out there are like special ones that you could get from say, I know elite FTS carries quite a few specialty ones, but those are like solid, like 70 to 80 pound axle bars because they're a solid piece of steel and they've got knurling and some other stuff on them. They're, you know, the same price as a regular barbell, but uh, an axle bar 
um, is significantly cheaper. So this could be if you're starting your own box or your own uh, personal training studio to hopefully turn into a box someday and you're you're strapped for cash, barbells are super freaking expensive. What, an Ohio bar runs you 280, 285 right now? And even if you still bought from Rogue, uh, their axle bar only costs about 120. So, you know, less than half the price. So I could get 10 axle bars for a lot less than, than a regular barbell. So there's something to think about. So anyway, uh, for our, you know, our intermediate and advanced athletes, we're, we can be talking a little bit about grip training. So the uh, axle bar does not rotate, like I said. Uh, so we could train our grip a little bit more with that. A uh, little, little bit of a fatter grip without having to put those obnoxious uh, fat grips on the bar that you see around. <laughs> they're cool, but I have a few. They're one of those things that are usually uh, sitting in the lost and found bin or uh, behind the uh, the cubbies where people keep their stuff. Like they're there, but no one ever uses them. Um, or I stick them on my dumbbell and they never come off that dumbbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They become the uh, training for the circus dumbbell uh, grip. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, well, I've got right underneath it, actually, the Axle Bar Continental Clean and Press. Um, Chanel, did you have anything to add about that axle deadlift, though? The deadlift. Most axle bars don't have knurling, and a lot of new people, or some people in general, it's just hard to keep that get them to keep the bar against their shin yeah. the whole time in a deadlift. So it's kind of nice with that axle bar. It's nice and smooth, so they're not afraid to move it up and down and keep contact the whole time when they're learning the deadlift. That's actually a really good point. Uh, I actually remember just recently I did an elements class with a brand new member and I had her deadlift. I taught her the deadlift with an axle bar because she, you know, it's nice to teach the deadlift with a bar with plates on it versus, I mean, you know, you start with the PVC pipe just like everything else. Uh, but once they kind of get the, the motion down with the PVC pipe, it's nice to be able to do something that isn't what 65 pounds or what 55 pounds. If you have, if you're lucky enough to have women's bars or 35 pound bars, they're gender neutral, right? They're 35 pound bars. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Everybody out there. I hate call. I don't know. Maybe it's an Olympic thing. I don't know a lot about Olympic lifting, but I call it a 35 pound bar and a 45 pound bar. And the difference is one slightly longer or shorter, one slightly heavier or lighter, and one has a smaller, slightly smaller grip than the other. But there are men with smaller hands that that 35-pound bar is way easier for them Small to use. <laughs> <laughs> and they can still load it up just as heavy as that 45-pound bar. Or I like to use the 45-pound bar on my back. It doesn't feel like it digs in as much as that 35. So I use both depending on what lift I'm doing. For sure. Well, and if you go to a, a strongman competition and they have – the regular bar deadlift you're using, you're going to use a men's bar. They don't, the 45 pound bar, they don't uh, distinguish, you know, if you're in the women's category, you're lifting with a 45 pound bar. Uh, so you might as well train with it. So yeah. What? Anyways. Yeah. Well, no, that's a very, very good point because actually I've, I, we've run into that a whole bunch of times teaching elements courses or, or um, like green swell when we taught, you know, big groups of new people. Um, you have this problem when you go around calling things the men's and women's bar because very easily you can have men in your newbie class who should be using a 35 pound bar and it causes them some distress if you're like oh you should you know grab a women's bar or something like that you know it's not uh, it's not as good as you know just calling them 35 and 45 pound bars right out the gate 
you know, it's a lot more appropriate. I like that. Um, yeah. So going on to the Axel Bar Continental Clean and Jerk, it sounds like uh, a cheap breakfast offering at a bad motel where they have like muffins wrapped in plastic and little boxes of cereal. That, it's Continental and, Clean and Press. Oh, I'm sorry. The Continental Clean and Press. Yes. You don't see the yeah. guys. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Most strongman competitions, you uh, get looked at uh, uh, weirdly if you jerk, if you have the skill to do that. Um, yeah. You, you might win the event because you have that technique to do it, but uh, you get uh, poo-pooed a little bit by some of the strongmen. <laughs> so anyway, this I like a lot. You'll... You, you, it would be silly for me to try to describe the Axelbar Continental Clean and Press uh, to you. You just need to Google it. Just go watch a YouTube video of it. But essentially, it is a method for doing a clean and press or clean and jerk uh, without the um, that dynamic tuck under into the front rack position. So that you know uh, the top of the second and third pole in the clean. Uh, instead what you're doing is, I mean, you're doing a second pull, but you are initiating with a switch grip. So you're deadlifting off the ground with a switch grip, doing your second pull to get that thing up to your power belly, which you either do or don't have, or for many of us skinny people, the belt, the lifting belt that we're wearing, which is not allowed in competition. You can't rest that thing on your belt, but nevertheless, you lean way, way back. You get that thing up past your belly button onto, uh, you know, somewhere around your sternum and you switch your hand over to double overhand. And then you kind of do an extra little pop and jump to tuck yourself under to get that thing into the front rack to get ready for the press. Um, it sounds super complicated when I describe it, but actually it's a much more intuitive movement. And the reason I wrote it down here, it's a more intuitive movement than the full clean. So um, when teaching newer athletes, the Olympic lifts and the clean, especially now we fall back on the old standby, which is the medicine ball clean, which is one of my favorite movements. And, you know, we need to do it a lot, but when slinging around a barbell, right? Uh, this is just one more tool that you can use to help people progress with that, you know, the charter mechanics, consistency and intensity. And so, uh, the main go-tos are obviously the medicine ball clean. And then also the sumo deadlift high pull, of course, teaching, you know, violent hip extension and core to extremity movement, all that good stuff. But the continental clean and press is another way to do that. Um, I think it would be a really good one to add to your repertoire, because I bet you, if you give me an athlete who can continental clean and press really well, I can teach him how to do a full Olympic clean uh, in a few minutes. Got anything to add on that? It's painful though. To see, that's what I, why we're bringing this up to is, you know, there's a big difference in what we're saying here between deloaded uh, for practice and training and scaling strongman movements and one rep maxes and going for competition bests. So once this axle bar gets really, really heavy, the continental clean and press gets murder. Like I, you know, would leave competitions and I think you would too with just, you know, massive bruises across midsection. Like I said, because we don't have the, <laughs> we don't have the beer belly that you're supposed to have to rest that thing on, but regardless, um, all right. So the next one I have down here is the log clean and press. So the strongman log, many CrossFit gyms out there 
have one, uh, you probably have one in your CrossFit gym. It's the thing that's sitting over in the corner with dust on it that has never been pulled out because it's sitting in one of those vertical uh, support rack things. And because it's such a pain in the ass to pull out of it, no one ever does. And no one knows what to do with it when they pull it out of there. Um, this one is tough because it's not, it's not very multifunctional. What, it, what uh, it's um, a unitasker. Uh, Alton Brown, Alton Brown from Food Network, called them unit unitaskers. Um, there's probably a couple of different exercises. I mean, you can do log cleans with them. You could do a lot of the same things that you could do off of jerk blocks if you know you're one of those CrossFit gym owners who uh, blew a bunch of money on jerk blocks who are now cursing the day because it takes up a ton of space and doesn't do hardly anything and they break and chip all over the place. Uh, unless you got a ton of Olympic lifters, then. Uh, all, all the more power to you, but, uh, that log clean and press. However, however, if you got big dudes in your gym, you got some big football player types, uh, or guys who have a really tough time getting into a front rack position and they prefer that neutral grip, the axle or uh, the log bar rather, uh, can be helpful there can be helpful. Um, it's just an amazing total body though, strength test piece of equipment. And there's just something so freaking cool and like just primal about lifting and pressing the log. It's so a good log clean and press is twice as satisfying as a good uh, clean and jerk. I think, <laughs> I don't know. I don't love, I mean, I like Olympic weightlifting. I'm definitely not built for it. It's definitely uh, on the weaker side of my training. So I'm, I'll be the first to pitch it out the window if I can. But uh, the log clean press just feels so damn good when you get that thing overhead. And it just feels like, you know, you're Conan the Barbarian. It does. It timing just right. Uh, I know I get some a really good back workout, like just deadlifting it, just picking yeah. it up because it's further away from you, even keeping the log as close, you know, going up your shin all the way, your hand, you have to lean out further. So it's almost like a, a straight leg or Romanian deadlift. Like it would really light up your lower back. And then... Um, cleaning is just fun because it rolls up your body. And then that press is like you said, that timing's right. You just feel so powerful with the press, but it's, it's a little scary at first because you're looking up at the ceiling and you're leaning back. You're not sure if you're going to fall over backwards. <laughs> I've also seen yeah. people, like you said, use the jerk blocks or even if you have a rack, what are those, those like chain catches or whatever? Yeah. Strap safeties um, or something the, like yeah, that. The safeties and using a bench. And I've seen people like bench press it or incline like seated incline between a bench and a, and a shoulder totally. press with it just to get that upper body strength and that neutral grip. If you're having shoulder issues and having your hands out to the side with a regular barbell hurts in a press, a lot of times that neutral grip, it uses a different part of your shoulder and back. And so if you have a shoulder injury, that neutral grip might actually not hurt totally. where a barbell grip would hurt. So I've had people use that um, when their shoulder is injured. Yeah. Or the football bar, I call it the football bar because uh, yeah. it's lighter because the logs don't get very light. I think No, that's the other problem with them is they start heavy, heavy as hell a lot. You know, yeah. a, a 10 inch log, uh, what yours that we got you from rogue like is like 70 79 something. pounds empty. Yeah. Something like that. So that can be an issue. Uh, but again, go piggybacking off of what we talked about last time though. I think the log bar is another really cool thing to just give a bigger person in your gym, a win on something too. Yeah. 
Let's say you got a bigger person in your gym who just, you know, they have a hard time. They ain't doing pistol squats. They sure aren't doing bar muscle ups and they struggle with the Olympic lifts because of their, you know, range of motion and things like that, that they're still working on. Well, when it's time, when it's time to do grace, uh, you know, why not let them use the log bar and then they can look badass next to all the other people in your class instead of looking silly or feeling silly. And they can uh, put up some numbers that maybe the, uh, you know, 115 pound Olympic lifting ace next to him can't. So just an opportunity there for you to, you know, give people an amazing time during their workout. Uh, yeah, just something you can use it for. But otherwise, yeah, it's, they're pretty expensive. Uh, they start really heavy. They're really, you can't really deload them past, you know, there's difficult. Three. There's an eight inch, a 10 inch and a 12 inch. There's an eight. A lot of people don't so. like the eight cause it's like, just doesn't seem like much, but even then. You could still get Good an eight. Starter, it yeah. is, it is. But even then, you know, an so eight like inch log can still be three, four hundred bucks too. Yeah. So it can be a little difficult if you're on a budget. But um, the next one is the circus dumbbell. So the circus dumbbell is another one of these that, man, it's tough. Um, the rogue circus dumbbell is, I think, one of the only dumbbells that is like tried and tested to be dropped from overhead like a barbell. Um, it's fully welded and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not like doing a plug for them. There might be some other ones out there, probably Mike Bartos stuff, um, MB power systems or whatever. All his stuff looks like it's made like a tank. Uh, but uh, most of these other ones, the cheaper ones that you can get uh, are fine, I'm sure. But uh it's difficult. I'm thinking of this, of course, from a CrossFit coach's standpoint, you know, if I had 10 people in a class, it, it's really tough to need to pull out like a crash mat for 10 people to drop this thing on if they needed to. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough movement. I would probably use the circus dumbbell more uh, as a movement rather than a piece of equipment. So this would be one where I might have a circus dumbbell or two in, in the gym to use for personal training, or especially if I got a client who is interested in uh, competing in strongman, you absolutely need to have one. Um, but in terms of use in a class, very, very difficult. I would just use a regular dumbbell, but I do feel as though the one or, or the two handed clean to the shoulder and then the single arm press or jerk overhead, which is what the circus dumbbell event is in strongman is incredibly, uh, powerful and effective as an exercise. And, you know, now that, you know, CrossFit has always been using dumbbells, but there's sort of been an advent lately, uh, especially with the COVID-19 thing and people being stuck inside. There's a lot more workouts out there with dumbbells. And I feel like we're seeing a little bit more of like alternating sides stuff coming back in. So this is one of those ones where I feel like it's kind of still there uh, or there more than some of these other ones. Uh, and I would just use a regular dumbbell most of the time in class. But for personal training, uh, especially if you've got someone who is interested in competing, a circus dumbbell is a must. And this is definitely one of those ones where I think it's worth um, you getting what you pay for. You, you, you know, you only really need like one of them in the gym. So, you know, invest. All right. So how about we take a little break here? We just finished the the circus dumbbell. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the yoke, which you know could be its whole own segment in and of itself. Uh, if you don't have one, you need to get one. Uh, if you're starting a gym or you want to put a gym in your garage, this should be one of the first pieces of equipment that you buy. 
All right, guys, we'll be back in just a second. All right, and we are back. We're talking about strongman movements, uh, CrossFit coaches and strength and conditioning coaches using these movements and pieces of equipment, why you need to use them, why they should be in your personal training and class repertoire. We're talking about the yoke walk or the yoke rather, just the piece of equipment and then the movements you can do with it. Easily worth this entire list in and of itself, it being possibly the most useful piece of gym equipment next to the dumbbell and the barbell. Um, and it makes those two things better in some instances. Um, you need one. Everyone should have one. <laughs> They're cheaper than a power rack and they do almost as much, if not more. Um, yeah, I would have one of each for sure. Uh, if I was running a personal training studio and we're going to have multiples of them when we have our own gym, uh, we've got two right now and we'll be getting more soon. The yoke the, the standard one you'd think about uh, when you think of a strongman competition is the yoke walk. So for those of you unfamiliar, I would definitely uh, Google it, check it out. But essentially, it looks like a squat stand, not a, not a power rack, but a two upright squat stand with sled feet instead of just uh, regular feet. And it has a what's called a cross member on it, which is a roughly three inch um, piece of tubing that is connected by uh, very beefy um, uh, brackets on each side that uh, adjust or can be pinned at different levels of that squat stand upright. And what this allows you to do is still use this thing as a regular squat stand. So it has all the hole spacing and, and J cups and things like that that you would use, but you can take those J cups out and adjust the cross member to uh, be able to be picked up across your back in a similar way as like a high bar back squat. And so what you can do is load the yoke to, you know, a po uh, preposterous weights in some instances and uh, pick it up and walk with it. So as Rob Orlando puts really, really well in some old uh, YouTube clips you can watch from his uh, awesome uh, CrossFit strongman training course. The the yoke is the it's the safest piece of equipment that you can load to the heaviest weight possible, or better put, the a piece of equipment that you can load to the heaviest possible weight safely. Uh, the reasoning is because uh, unlike a barbell or a safety squat bar or anything that you might uh, put across your back, the yoke when picked up can be adjusted so that you're only lifting it off the ground. You can move with it, but you're only lifting it a few inches. So if you slip, fall, uh, lose your balance, anything like that, the whole apparatus only drops uh, an inch or two uh, off your back versus a barbell, which might drop uh, straight onto your spine or down your back <laughs> and, uh, and cause a major injury uh, or hurt somebody else, which you don't want. Um, so in many instances, what uh, rogues, um, you know, uh, the, uh, Arnold rather, uh, has had yoke weights up to 1500 pounds, which have been moved by some of the world's strongest men. So we're, we're into the, you know, double and triple body weight, quadruple body weight categories in these things. So these are weights that, um, you know, way outstrip your max deadlift or your, or your squat or something like that. But in terms of your personal training and your classes, 
Well, the yoke is again not very expensive. Um, I think a uh, a yoke, on average, you know, even a very nice one that's a little taller is you know less than six hundred dollars. Which, if you compare it to a power rack or a rig or something like that, um, you know, it, it it's pretty affordable. Um, and then it's super versatile and can be packed into a pretty small space. You take that cross member off, you can put a couple of them into the corner of the gym without taking up a whole lot of space. Um, but in terms of movements and things, the yoke walk is really nice because even though it's deceptive in that it's a hundred, most of them, I think ours is what, 180 pounds empty, right? But because you're not standing it up very far, it's a, it's a, what, like, you know, a quarter squat or less than a quarter squat. People can stand up a ridiculous amount or that 185 pounds. I've had, People who are pretty brand new, uh, very small, tiny. Yeah, usually don't new tell females. them how much it weighs at first. <laughs> yeah, I don't tell them. You don't tell them, so you take just them out. Teach them how to brace, get them under there, and say, "Hey, stand up with it," and boom, they they're able to do it most of the time. Most of the time. Um, so it, I think it's a it's a really cool way uh, to teach um, bracing and uh, squatting mechanics is a fun way uh, to, to dabble it in. Yeah. Walking with it is all core. Yeah. All back and core bracing. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely one of those movements where, you know, like we've mentioned before, there's a huge difference between a max effort yoke walk and conditioning yoke walk. So you, you, you know, stay away from the one rep max yoke walk and you can get really therapeutic, really strong, really, it's an amazing conditioning tool. You know, it's, this is going to be a whole nother episode that I want to go over, which is like our machines in your gym, making you weak or soft as a coach. Are you relying on them too much? Uh, this would be one of them. I would pitch assault bikes in a heartbeat for as many yokes because, uh, the strongman cardio is far superior to anything you can do on, uh, on a much more expensive, um, air bike or something like that. Uh, the yoke walk again is, is something that most people can do, especially if you, if you deload that yoke and, um, just is falls into the category of what I like to call a lot of times like dumb, safe volume. Like if I'm really beat up, um, from training on other days and I'm just not sure, like I'm in the gym and it's maybe a Saturday open gym kind of situation. And I'm not sure what I want to do that day. I'll, I'll warm up with some yoke walks. Uh, I'll uh, load it up a little bit as I go, and I can usually do that uh, without irritating a whole lot of other stuff. It's something that you can just kind of um, add a little bit of volume and conditioning into your week without really uh, beating anything up. It's not very high impact. Uh, some of the other things we can use this thing for <clears throat> are the Zercher carry. So Zercher is you know, imagine your front rack hold and then just lower it down a little bit. So it would be how you would carry if I was, um, what, if we were unloading our car and I was loading you up with boxes or something, imagine that's the position you would be holding as I'm like stacking boxes up past your face comically. And then we try to carry the stuff into the building. Uh, the Zercher carrier is essentially just across the chest um, the, the, the reason the yoke is so amazing for the Zercher carry is because the Zercher position is amazing and super functional, but it is hard to do with a thin bar or something like that. Trying to do Zercher squats or a Zercher carry with a regular, what, 
something 1.789 uh, inch barbell is is vicious. <laughs> it hurts so bad. But the three inch uh, cross member on the yoke is huge, and so even, especially if you have some elbow sleeves or something like that, it's much more comfortable, uh, much easier to load up to a heavyweight. And again, nothing I could. Man, I would put a Zercher carry of a yoke in in a core category equal to GHD sit-ups, L-sits, and, and ab mat sit-ups and anything like that. Um, these things that are tried and true abdominal exercises in the CrossFit community the, that just make crunches and, and you know, uh, old-school boot camp sit-ups look silly, the, the Zercher carry is definitely in that category. Um, you want to teach someone how to brace, you want to teach someone how to, um, strain effectively. The Zercher carry is how you do it. Um, overhead. So that's the overhead carry with it. This is a little bit of a tough one. It's a little more advanced. This would be putting that cross member, uh, all the way up to the top, depending on how tall your yoke is, but up to a point where you can essentially overhead squat it up and walk with it, but it's vicious and the, the yoke has this other quality to it where unlike a barbell or something that's just perfectly balanced and fixed, there's no wiggle room or anything. The yoke is the AK 47 of the, of the gym equipment world in that it will take a beating and it will do everything you want it to do. And it, and the reason it's so effective is because it rattles around. Like it's, it's got a lot of, uh, margin for error in it. But it takes an effect on you when you try to do something like that overhead carry where you're walking with it and it is rattling and swishing and swaying back and forth. Oh, my God. That will – it's just so effective in terms of challenging your ability to control, brace, and balance as you try to move that thing. Um, Let's talk about yoke squats a little bit because, Chanel, you did a a competition once where you had to do what, like max yoke squats at – higher than your body weight or something like that for, you know, a minute or something like that. But then we've also done yoke squats, I think with some, um, athletes who just, you know, whether because of injury or, uh, development or just range of motion stuff, just have a really hard time getting below parallel or getting to a full depth squat for back squat or something like that. And the yoke squat is an amazing situation because now we can adjust the height of where they're squatting to, right? Yeah, you get under it and start in the squat, but you don't go below parallel in a yoke squat. Right, it's, right, right, right. It's above parallel, but so you can start with like a really small, like they could just be squatting one inch and then you could lower it a notch and they could be squatting two inches. And like you said, if they drop it or something, it's right there on the ground because it has the uprights and they don't have to have that full depth of motion. If they have it, if they're coming back from a knee injury or they just don't have that range of motion yet. You don't have to worry about them going all the way down, but they can still load up quite a bit of weight and just right. get the feel and get the positioning. And because that yoke cross member sits at like the high bar position too, you're able to put them as well into almost like a sumo deadlift stance as well inside the feet of that yoke, which for some people, again, like Chanel was saying with uh, a knee injury or something like that, that sumo uh, deadlift position, uh, can often, or, or low back, uh, issues or irritation, that sumo position can uh, many times be, uh, (laughs) Axel wants to go home and go to bed, uh, can be, um, you know, way less stressful for them. So that's cool. 
the other part is uh, the press. That's a super advanced one. Again, the, the, the damn yoke starts at 185 pounds, but there's dudes out there who like to press the yoke. <laughs> you set the cross member up, you get under it in the front rack, and then you press that thing overhead. It's kind of cool. It's like a jerk block. It's like a built-in jerk block because you drop it and it will just come right back down to the front rack position for you every time. Pressing or overhead walking, overhead squatting with it. It's kind of like if you ever use a bamboo bar, with those weights and bands because it's going to rock forward and backward and left and right. So it's really working all those stabilizing muscles. It's not anywhere as, as stiff or easy as like the barbell. Yeah. No, if you can, if you can it's shoulder press, cause it's really hard it, from a dead stop like that. I don't know whether you could push press it. You wouldn't be able to, I mean, you might be able to send me a video of push pressing <laughs> a, a yoke. Uh, but yeah, if you can shoulder press 185 pounds or more like this, a whole nother field that can help build your strength. Uh, sled is the last one I have on here for it. And again, it has, if it w didn't already do enough else, cause again, remember it comes with J cups so you can bench in it, you can squat in it, you can use it as a regular, uh, squat stand, just like anything else. Um, and do all those exercises that you love with the barbell, but, uh, it also has sled feet. So what you can do is take that cross member and put it way down to where you can just lean over and press on it. And then just, if you got turf or you're out on grass or uh, out on a smooth enough pavement that it isn't gonna just rattle your bones, you can uh, push or prowler push or pull uh, that yoke. I've also seen a really cool video or two where people deadlift the yoke. So a mm -hmm. massive, like yeah. taking the axle bar deadlift like we've talked about to a whole nother level of a three inch uh, deal. Try your switch grip, you know, uh, thumbless grip deadlift on that. And that's nuts. So that's another cool way to like deadlift from blocks would be a way. Cause you set that cross member down, pin it in and then deadlift it there. You can kind of set the height. So you're pulling from pins essentially, uh, without having to trash a bar or something. So there you go. Uh, and there's probably 15 other ways to use it that I'm not even thinking of. If you don't own a yoke and you're a trainer, you freaking get one. You got a squat stand from Rogue. There's probably a conversion kit that you can add to it. It's It'll be the best money you ever spend. I can promise you that. Okay, so onto that, what we just mentioned, sled push and drag. So at Nationals, Chanel, you had a intense um, sled event. A lot of times sled stuff in Strongman is part of what, what are called medleys, right? So that's usually like run down, grab a keg, bring it back, put it on this sled, run down, grab another sandbag, pick it up, bring it back, throw it on the sled, and then pull the sled all the way across the course, across the finish line in like under 90 seconds or something like that is, is usually the test or something. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, there isn't a ton of cardio in strongman or usually it comes with caveats of pain like that. Um, but you know, uh, if you aren't familiar, this is a whole episode in of itself, but if you aren't familiar with Louis Simmons, Westside Barbell, and, you know, their use of sleds for warming up, cooling down, conditioning, training athletes of every caliber and style, then you're deficient as a coach and you need to go learn about that immediately. Um, so <laughs> enough we, is... <laughs> we stopped by Westside Barbell just to say hi and got thrown into like a two hour workout and most of it was on a sled. Yeah, you don't you don't stop by <laughs> Westside Barbell to just uh shake Louie's hand and have him sign a book. Uh he'll he does nothing to that. I mean, he did sign the book, but you know, he'll uh talk you into hanging out and getting uh tortured by a 
you know, a couple of his coaches and by him, Louie doesn't give a shit. He'll, he coaches everybody in his gym with all the passion and, and zeal that he gives to his most elite athletes. Uh, we worked out there, had the, had the distinct honor of getting to work out there a couple of times. And every single time he gave personal coaching and cueing to us, uh, it, as if we were his own athletes, like the, the man is amazing. And again, that's a whole four or five episodes in and of itself, but get their books, learn about sled pulling and, and pushing and all of this stuff. It's insane to me why uh, more CrossFit gyms, again, if you're new, if you're starting a box or a personal training clinic, a $70 sled does more for your athlete and you can coach more of the movement than a $750 echo bike or a thousand dollar rower. It just, it blows my mind when I walk into brand new, like first week open CrossFit gyms owned by a box owner, no members yet, or hardly any, you know, they're in debt. I'm sure they took a loan out for the equipment and there's $20,000 worth of rowers and assault bikes against the wall and no pan sleds. Are you shitting me right now? You know, I can get anybody as fit and better than whatever you can do on an assault bike with a sled and it will cost me no money. I will get some steel plates off of Craigslist and buy a hundred dollar pan sled from Rogue and just crush whatever cardio you can do on, on a rower or, or an assault bike. You know, I love those two pieces of equipment, but damn it. Like in terms of efficiency and economics, like, what are you talking about? You know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be buying either of those two things until my gym was firmly in the black. And, you know, I had more money than I knew what to do with. Uh, anyway, it's just my- not, not just legs too, with the sled. I mean, with the straps, you can do so many that's what I'm saying. And core yeah. movements too. You can work shoulders, chest, back, core. Right. And then of course the legs. There's an entire stuff. chunk of multiple books from, from the West side barbell library that are just devoted to pictures and descriptions of different exercises you can do with a sled. It's the, you know, I, I said the yoke was probably the most useful thing in the entire world. Well, it's also a sled. So the ditto for that thing. Uh, tire flips. Again, another one of these things where it's like strongman cardio just whips the dog shit out of any of these machines that you might have in the gym. Uh, tire flips can be a little sketchy for new people because if you don't have a variety of sizes, um, they can be a little tough, not really dangerous, you know, as dangerous as tire flips seem, I'd never have actually, this is anecdotal of course, but I've never actually seen anyone get hurt with a tire. It's just, just messy. Yeah. And there are bicep tears and things like that. But again, that's people who have no business, like people trying to flip a tire that they have no business trying to flip or getting really sloppy because their coach, uh, failed them and did not teach them how to, uh, fully extend their hips and get their knee underneath it. There's a great video on, I think in CrossFit's library of, again, the amazing Rob Orlando teaching a gentleman in his gym, how to do a tire flip, uh, properly and go watch it multiple times, uh, until you can recite it by heart. Um, tires are another one of these things that are amazing and that they're free generally. Like <laughs> most times, unless you're, unless someone's delivering it to you, um, you can usually go to, uh, uh, places out there that will just, if you're willing to take it away, they'll just give it to you. Um, so again, $750 echo bike, free tractor tire. 
hmm, you know, if I'm a new gym owner on a budget and I don't want to take a loan out and be buried in debt for years, uh, maybe I could try coaching a tire flip. Maybe I could uh, get off my ass and learn something instead of relying on uh, something that requires no skill. So yeah, get it, learn it, do it. It just, it's a, it's a deadlift. It's a dynamic hip extension. It's a, a cardio movement. It's conditioning. It's everything. We also used it in our garage gym for multiple things. We had newer athletes uh, using it to squat down to, using right. it to step up on, using it to jump up, jump up on. Uh, you can hit it with a sledgehammer. Maybe you could almost totally. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we did, we used it for everything. It was a jump box. Yeah, exactly what you said. Uh, the sledgehammer. You don't see that very. That was like a staple in CrossFit gym. Usually, when you, like someone was talking about CrossFit, you'd you'd had the image of someone hitting a tractor tire with a sledgehammer. I don't see it anymore. I don't see it anymore. Bring that shit back. It's so much more effective than any of this other garbage that we to got. Squat down to if they needed to sit and stand. Absolutely. And it's just embarrassing too. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe because coaches are too scared to scare some of their clients. Um, but <laughs> well, I don't want to sound weird, but like right now, like it's embarrassing the fact that most grown adults can't swing something. So like swinging a sledgehammer, even if it's a super light one or like an axe, if you ask a grown American adult to chop some firewood for you, uh, they would not. They'd probably hurt themselves. They just would not be capable of doing it. Um, and a sledgehammer is even easier because it's not bladed and we're not actually trying to split something. We're literally just, there's a massive tractor tire in front of you, a huge target, <laughs> hit it, right? And and um, so as a coach, teaching someone how to do that, you'll change their life. Uh, you can literally be teaching them how to uh, heat their home uh, in, in a situation possibly. So uh Get a tire, hit it with stuff, flip it, jump on it, step on it. If you can go pick it up, a lot of times it'll be free. Uh, in a class setting, this can be where there's a there's a little bit of a drawback because, <clears throat> you know, it, they can be huge. They can be very large. Uh, you could get smaller tires and put some sandbag fillers in them to make them a little bit heavier. Um, but having 10 uh, tires out there could be really tough for a class. So, but, you know, get creative in your programming, uh, have it as stations, right? Uh, something like that. So anyway, kegs, another great one. We got keg carries, pick it up, carry it, load it, pick it up, put it over the bar of what your yoke, huh? Set your yoke bar to a good height, pick that keg up, chuck it over the other side, have someone pass it back to you or run over to the other side, load it back over strongman cardio, like, couldn't think of anything better than you know, 90 seconds. Get this keg over the bar as many times as you can. Ready, set, go. Holy crap. Or from the ground You'll be overhead. Dead. Yeah, or ground overhead. Yeah, you or can clean and press load a, a keg. You fill that thing with water. That's going to be the most gnarly uh, clean and press you've ever done. I can water, promise you that. sand, rocks, all changes it. Toss. If you get one of those, um, I learned someone explained to me all the differences between Oh, it was Scott. Pony, Pony kegs, kegs, quarter kegs, kegs, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Get the small ones, the ones that are short and fat. Uh, the chody, the, <laughs> the, the, the chody kegs. Yeah, and chuck them. So find a, find a, um, a football uh, goalpost at your local middle school or high school or uh, set up a, a volleyball net and whip that thing uh, over your head 
bag over bar, which I think I have at the bottom here. Uh, it's just another way you could do that. <clears throat> uh, is an amazing exercise. Again, kegs, uh, a lot of times can be free. If you know someone who owns a bar or something, a lot of times you could get it for the deposit, which is usually around like 30 bucks. So again, it's an indestructible piece of amazingly versatile fitness equipment that you can get for weight. You know, in my opinion, anything less than a hundred dollars an athlete that's multifunctional and isn't going to break, that doesn't require maintenance, uh, is an extremely, uh, good piece of equipment, uh, or one you should consider. And a keg is one of those things, 30 bucks generally, or throw a party five bucks a cup and just don't turn the keg back in. You'll, you'll make back the deposit and all that stuff. Uh, carry it, load it, toss it, clean it. Again, an empty keg doesn't weigh very much. So I could take a beginner athlete, an intermediate athlete, and give them a, an awesome hour of their day by making them the, giving them a story to tell at the next party or, or meal that they're at. Like, whoa, I was at CrossFit today and I pressed a keg over my head. Uh, that's a cool story to tell. It makes people feel pumped. All right, we're getting towards the end of our list here. Uh, we're going to take another short break. And then we'll be back to talk about the farmer's carry. Again, something that you should be doing and all your athletes should be doing way more often. We'll be back in just a second. All right, everybody. And we are back and we are talking about the farmer's carry. Uh, again, in a just an amazing piece of conditioning that it just blows my mind that we don't do more of. Um, you can do a farmer's carry with literally... Uh, any of these little objects that you have in the gym, like the dumbbell, right? Cheap, easy, effective kettlebells. We got a ton of them. We should be farmers carrying them. Uh, you don't, this is one of those ones that you don't even really need the full uh, strongman piece of equipment, which again, the farmers carry a lot of times is one of those uh, ones where there's not like a uniform piece of equipment for it. It's almost always, again, some mad scientist fabricator uh, makes, um, uh, makes farmers handles, uh, to their specifications or whatever they, they're, you know, they dream up. Uh, I've seen tanks, which are literally like scuba tank looking ones. Um, however, if you are going to get a set, like, let's say I had a personal training client who was thinking about competing. Um, I would get, uh, top loading ones. Um, there are some out there. If you scour the internet, some relatively mass produced and not super um, expensive. The problem with a lot of farmers handles when you're trying to buy them commercially is again, they're custom made. So like uh, again, MB power systems or um, some of these other ones, uh, they'll make top loading, which again, I'll talk about here in a second, but um, uh, farmers handles, but they're, you know, they're three, four five, $600, those ones from Slater's that are, which we actually picked up in the Rogue uh, uh, display gym recently, and I didn't like them that much. I mean, they're super fat, and they, what did you say? They rub against your leg pretty hard, uh, which you, you know, whatever, it's strongman, get over it. But if I was, if I was coaching someone uh, or personal training or running class, that would be no bueno. Um, they sit super low to the ground too, so you drop them on your foot pretty easily. A lot of the other ones, um, will have risers on them or something so that you can't really like crush your foot with them and they'll be smooth along the, the lines. I actually have a scar, a permanent scar on my knee <laughs> from a strongman competition that I did with my sister at, uh, in California when she was stationed at defense language Institute. Uh, they did, um, 
a strongman competition, like thrown together with her unit, strangely, and I uh, happened to be visiting her for graduation and did it. And actually it was a set of farmer's handles. I can't remember if they were, I think they were again, homemade farmer's handles. And the handle uh, was square and not finished or something like that. The, the, the place where the handles welded into as opposed to rounded. And what happened is, is yeah, towards the end, of, I finished the, uh, the, the walk but when I set them down, I kind of tripped and my knee went into the handle and split my knee like wide open. Thankfully, of course, there's medics on site and they glued my knee back together and wrapped it up and was able to finish the competition. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun little story. But um, again, most of the places, strangely and very disappointingly, Rogue only carries the, um, what do we call them? The, the the ones that the plates load on the end, end. the end, yeah, end yeah. loading like I don't know whatever you want to call it yeah I think Elite FTS unfortunately too only has like end loading ones they're much nicer I think they're solid the the ones from Rogue are are nicely welded I'm sure they're they're hollow pipe there which makes them lighter uh, I think the ones from Elite FTS and some of these are like solid pipe so they'll you know probably take a little more of a beating um, but the the problem with the end loading ones is that your bumper plates or whatever you load on there are going to take the brunt of being dropped. And if you actually have competitive strong, do competitive strongman athletes or or big people really going for max effort farmers carries are going to drop and hurt those things really hard. And you're just going to rip through bumper plates like crazy, and they're expensive. Um, top loading farmers handles though are not that much more expensive. You're only going to have Again, full-on real farmer's handles. You're only likely going to have one or two, three pairs. If, if you're a strongman gym, you might have a couple of pairs. But most gyms, you're only going to have one or two pairs. Because literally, here's how I would run a class. If I was going to have farmer's carries in a class, I would have dumbbells. I would have kettlebells for the bigger dudes who can hoss up, you know, show me someone in a Metcon who's farmer carrying 93 pound kettlebells in each hand back and forth for a hundred meters uh, amongst other exercises that that person is going to get a good workout in. And then if there really is some big dog in, in your class who can load up to two, 200 pounds a hand or something like that for a farmer's carry, then I would have one or two sets of top loading farmer's handles that I would bust out for that person. The other reason end loading farmer's handles suck is they take forever to load and unload. With the top loading, you just slap the plates right on there. You don't have to do anything with it. And you're good. You roll out. With the end loading ones, it, it's a pain in the ass to load the bumper plates on there. You got to put a collar on there, which you need special collars for it. And then again, unloading and reloading. Like if I was running a class, just no, forget it. We're just going to carry dumbbells or something like that. Um, so dumbbells and kettlebells would be great. Farmers carries again, we're talking about the pieces of equipment I'm talking about. I could furnish two entire classes of people with this equipment for less than the cost of one rower. So I can have my entire class farmers carrying. They will get a better exercise stimulus out of a farmer's carry than any other piece of cardio equipment on the market. Uh, they will get bigger, stronger, faster, more fit, uh, carrying heavy shit uh, in each hand and moving as quickly as possible uh, than anything you can show me in terms of cardio equipment. Uh, and for a fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of the price. Again, I can deload to a small set of dumbbells or kettlebells or something like that. And I can have the most beginner intermediate athlete doing it. 
I can load you up to 106 pound kettlebells in each hand and for advanced athletes and I can crush your soul with, again, very cheap pieces of equipment that are unbreakable uh, for the most part. I'm sure people are out there who have broken kettlebells, but uh, nowhere near as many as who have trashed a rower or a salt bike or that has run out of batteries in the middle of a workout. And guess what? Kettlebells don't have batteries and they don't care if they get dropped most I've, of the time. Um, transitioned from if I'm having a newer athlete who is having maybe body aware, aren't quite good with body awareness yet when you're trying to do the deadlift or they have really tight hamstrings or their back is rounding and you're trying to get them to feel uh, kind of locking their arms down, like closing their armpits, keeping their back straight and getting them into that deadlift position that putting them with farmer handles on either side or even using the a frame or a hex bar or trap bar will help get them in that position. They can feel their lats kind of activate. They can get those arms clamped down because their hands are at their side. And because their hands are at their side in line with them, you can tend to get them to get their chest up and their back straight and their butt down a little bit more and doing some deadlifts, just picking up and setting down farmer's handles or a frame or a hex bar initially will get them that body awareness to get them back on the bar for a deadlift. Yeah, for sure. And that's actually, I forgot to, didn't even put that on this list is the, the hex bar. Uh, is perfect for that. But for many of the things we've already talked about, right? You can farmers carry it. It's amazing for teaching some people the deadlift. Uh, if you've got injured uh, athletes who who can't quite pull or for whatever reason, a regular conventional deadlift pull just doesn't work for them. A lot of times the hex bar uh, is a great solution for it. Or if they've had a prior back injury or they're just scared to start deadlifting because that weight's in front of them. But having the handles out to the side, they can stay up a little more. They could add a little more legs. It's in between like a front squat and deadlift stance to get them back into lifting something off the ground. So they get that confidence to go back to the barbell and do that deadlift. Exactly. The only disadvantage of a hex bar uh, is that they're big uh, and kind of unwieldy. Uh, you it's could, that other thing next to the log in that. Uh, yeah, that no one uses. It's <laughs> rusty usually. It's got rust on it for sure because no one ever touches it. Um, yeah, they're just a pain in the ass. Uh to either hang up on the wall or put into the vertical racks or whatever and get out. Um, they're big usually, especially if you buy like the rogues, it, um, it's very nice and robust, just like everything rogue makes. But the thing is like seven feet long and just, it's like the size of a, a of a cruise ship. Like again, there's no way that you could run a class with it. There's some perfectly acceptable ones that you can get off of like Amazon for, you know, a fraction of the price. They're actually much smaller. And sure, if you're, you know, a professional power lifter, you might not have enough sleeve space, but your CrossFit athlete or, you know, small class coach, I don't, I don't need that much sleeve space. I can put iron 45s on there. You can probably easily get four or five, six of them on there. And no one's, no one's going to need more than that, uh, in general. Um, so yeah, I would get a couple of those again, you know, for a hundred bucks a piece, you can get some hex bars and do a lot of work with that. Um, so moving on duck walk, uh, and power stairs, uh, usually with a loading pin is the piece of equipment. Again, uh, you know, a hundred dollar piece of equipment or less, depending on where you get it from. Essentially it's like a kettlebell that's loadable, but it's a T-bar handle at the top, you know, uh, like, uh, old school cartoons, what, uh, Roadrunner and, <laughs> and Wiley Coyote with a fake, you know, Acme TNT, right. The T-bar at the top. Uh, so you load that thing with plates and then, um, the duck walk, man, again, just another one of these 
strongman cardio. It's the silliest movement you've ever seen. It's a similar stance to like the sumo deadlift. Uh, and then you walk with the weight held between your legs uh, in this sort of duck like a waddle. It's a waddle. It's a duck waddle. <laughs> it's like a penguin uh, waddle kind of deal. Uh, nothing. It's silly. It looks silly. But again, it's dirt cheap, uh, really effective, deloadable to any athlete's ability. And nothing will light your glutes and hamstrings up. Uh, and your shoulders, again, we're holding things in our hands too. So unlike, again, I can light your hamstrings and blah, blah, blah up with a, of the rower. You're rowing a little bit, but, uh, and an assault bike or something like that, we can blow your legs up for sure. But this does it and you're holding on to weight while you're doing it. So your grip training, you're, you're, uh, strengthening your back and shoulders and all these other things. And again, the, the whole piece of equipment costs all of a hundred bucks and you use the plates that you already have. Uh, power stairs is one of those ones that's weird. You'd kind of need a custom piece of equipment to do power stairs. You can look a video up of it. We've done some power stairs with uh, jerk, blocks. Uh, jerk blocks or plyo boxes. Plyo you can box. stack up plyo boxes against the wall and do something like power stairs. Um, you can kind of do it with a kettlebell, but you can pinch your legs a little bit with it. It kind of can get kind of funky. Um, so try that. with your, But the duck walk is, man, and it's an amazing one to teach people how to use their posterior chain, their butt and hamstrings. Uh, look it up. Car deadlift. This is one of those ones. It's like, it's an amazing event to watch. If you can get someone to do it, they'll, they'll be telling stories about it for the rest of their life. So actually looking online, like the car deadlift frame, the actual piece of equipment for doing it is not that expensive. Again, way less than the cost of a rower. Uh, you can get a frame that you can park a car on and people in your gym can deadlift a Kia. Or, or whatever, you know, your uh, Volkswagen Jetta or something like that. Um, so, I mean, you might not want this piece of equipment in your gym, but like you could probably stand it up against the wall and like bust it out at, at parties or something like that and have a lot of fun with it. It's essentially a hex bar deadlift uh, with some other, it's on a hinge. So mechanically it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, it's its own deal. It'd be really hard to incorporate. You certainly wouldn't be able to do it in class or anything like that, but It'd just be a really cool thing to do or have. Uh, Chanel indicated a good one here, though, too, is the car push or car pull. Um, if you got a pickup truck or, or a car or something like that, especially a pickup truck, there's actually um, or if you have a car of any kind that has a, a, a trailer hitch, they actually make um, pieces of equipment that fit into your trailer hitch and that are handles. So you're not scuffing up your car that you can use for pushing um, again. <laughs> People, you get athletes in your gym to push a car or pull a car and they will tell stories about it to everyone they know all the time forever. You'll be the coolest coach that exists. Um, and it's just a fun thing to do. You're doing barbecue for Murph or something like that, doing a get together, paleo potluck on the weekend. Let's freaking break out the harness and uh, the nylon webbing and do uh, do some car pulls or the uh, apparatus and, you know, do a truck push or something like that. So freaking cool. Um, and actually not as hard as you might think, you know, with a smaller vehicle, uh, or something like that, actually we've got, we've had people, relatively new athletes, Annie, uh, pull a car or pull a truck without any, a to Toyota Tacoma, right. Brand new one, uh, with no experience. So it doesn't require, you don't have to be a skilled advanced athlete to pull a car. Um, I got Moss Wrestling written down here. This is definitely one you'd want to look up and watch a video of or something like that. It's an old school. I don't even know it's if, you know, it's in the strongman community, but you don't see it in competitions anymore. I've heard Cal Beck 
talk about it a lot in terms of not not liking it so much in terms of that it, a lot of guys get injured in this, which is strange because it's the only unweighted uh, thing. Essentially, what Moss Wrestling is, is it's a board, a wooden board that uh, two men uh, or ladies will uh, sit across from each other, opposed to each other, put their feet on this board, and then there's a stick that essentially is placed in the middle and each person has their hands on it and you just try to get the stick away from the other person. Um, again, this is interesting and in that it is the one that injures people the most. Uh, again, but these are, you know, uber competitive fighting for prize money, uh, you know, people who are trying to win. Uh, so it's not that surprising. Uh, it's just a super simple piece of equipment and ancient. Uh, I used to, when I ran events for, uh, go ruck and some fun events of my own, I, there was a birthday party that we did where we had everyone meet up for like a go ruck style thing. And we did this anyway, I geeked out on, uh, yeah, geek nerd from, from high school, right? Metal gear solid, uh, the original, not, not the original, original, but the PlayStation, right? Uh, shadow Moses, um, Vulcan Raven was one of the, one of the characters and his whole deal was, uh, talking about the Eskimo Indian Olympics. And I don't know why I remembered that coming back in as a CrossFit coach and I, and, uh, working for GORUCK and I looked it up and there, you can watch YouTube videos. I highly encourage you to do it. Uh, I'm going to get the WIWO world Eskimo Indian Olympics. WIWO. um, Watch them. Those events are so cool and they require no equipment. It's literally how a community of people who live in teepees in the uh, subarctic, you know, temperatures and wilderness uh, compete with each other. Uh, it's insane. There's a four man carry, which is literally what I'm describing. Four people pile on another person and they see how far you can walk. Uh, they've got a, a stick pull which is very similar. That's what I'm thinking about with Moss Wrestling. And you can watch literally like old grizzled women uh, just beat the tar out of young men in some of these because a lot of them are pain tolerance or uh, endurance kind of stuff where it's like pulling a stick away from another person or uh, there's an ear pull, which is horrifying. It's two people literally attach their ears with string and you pull on the other person until one of you gives up or it falls off or something like that. The uh, There's a bench reach one which is super cool. You sit uh, elevated on a bench and it's like, again, it'll put a, it'll stand up to an L sit or a GHD sit up any day in that you, you, you uh, wedge your legs in a bench essentially. And then your the goal is to elongate your torso out and set a stick vertically out on the floor uh, as far away from you as possible and still recoil yourself back up to a, a sitting position without collapsing onto the floor. You have to watch it to see what I'm talking about, but it's an insane event. Uh, and there's probably 15 other ones in there, but you know, it's like a dying sport. There's only, it's literally held in like a high school gymnasium somewhere in Alaska, I think of a culture that is amazing and we should know more about it and, uh, support those kind of cool events. Anyway, look it up. Conan's wheel. You're not going to have one of these in your gym unless you're a powerlifting or strongman gym. It is a massive piece of equipment that uh, would need to be custom fabricated, but it's essentially a Zercher carry with some other stuff going on. So look it up. It's super cool to see. If you want to be a strongman or powerlifting gym, it would be a fun thing to have, but you can definitely use a yoke. That's what I was trying to write. Yeah, yoke, right sandbag, any of these things uh, to, to Zercher carry is essentially what it is. Um, Hercules hold. 
Another one that's super interesting. I've seen it done with like uh, what cable crossover kind of weight stack stuff. But I mean, most CrossFit gyms do not have this kind of thing unless you're in a globo gym and you'd probably get kicked out of a globo gym for doing this in their cable crossover, mostly because the bikini competitor uh, uh, across the way would be death staring you for bogarting both of the crossover things for too long. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it would be tough. Um, it's essentially, you know, you're, you're standing and, uh, holding onto handles where either trucks or, or barrels or something like that is attached to these uh, chain to these handles and they're pulling in opposite directions. And your goal is to hold onto them for as long as possible before letting go. Uh, just another amazing grip strength thing, uh, not really applicable to, you know, your, uh, class or something like that. But again, just illustrating grip strength. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but Phineas Finger, man, if you are a fabricator, you know how to build stuff, uh, you could probably make one of these really, really easily. Essentially what it is is a super long, like imagine like a telephone pole length um, thing on a uh, a pivot or, um, you know, mechanical engineers out there laughing at me right now, <laughs> but, uh, it's essentially on a hinge. And the goal is to, you know, you're deadlifting this thing up at the end and then you're sort of pressing it overhead and then walking up and it gets harder and harder as you get closer to the, um, to the pivot point, to the, you know, um, as your mechanical disadvantage as you get closer to that pivot point and try to push that thing over. And a lot of times it'll be one of those events where it's like 90 seconds and you're trying to push it over back and forth as many times as possible. But you might be able to come up with something similar to it for, for your athletes. Again, it's a cheap piece of equipment that's just viciously effective. Um, bag over bar is the next one that I had on here. And then, yeah, we could do this with a yoke. We could do it with sandbags. They actually make strongman throwing bags these days. Um, again, it's a, it's a amazing, um, next to like the wall ball shot or something like that, probably possibly superior to the wall ball shot in terms of like teaching violent hip extension and how to turn, um, a, a squatting, hinging, um, standing motion into explosive energy that can, you know, deliver power, um, huge hugely illustrative of, of core to extremity. Uh, the only disadvantage with a bag over bar kind of thing is like, you have to go get it afterwards. <laughs> like you throw it and it's kind of a one-time deal, right? The wall ball shots nice. Cause we can do 150 of them in a row for Karen. Um, but it would be, it'd be hard to do with, with a sandbag over bar, but I mean, you could have fun. You could have a game with people where it's like you throw it over the bar. I could imagine where we have a pull-up bar in the room and a person on each side of it. And you got to chuck it over the bar and then the other person has to take it wherever it lands and then get it back over the bar to the other side. And, uh, you know, whoever fails to make it over the bar has to do 20 burpees or something like that. Um, you could, you could make it into something fun. And again, we can deload that bag so that just about anyone can throw it. And you teach someone how to chuck a bag over the bar backwards like that. And you've taught them, uh, explosive swing. hip extension. Yeah, that too. I mean, you can do it with the, the kettlebell swing, but it's more, it's like a kettlebell mm -hmm. swing plus like, I was pretty, I'm pretty darn good with kettlebell swings, but you, you still had to practice the bag over bar to get good at it. Um, it's just a different thing, but we throw things like that's humans. We throw things a lot and we don't throw a lot of things in the CrossFit gym. We should throw more stuff. Uh, and this is one way we could do it. Sandbag everything. <laughs> it's just what I have written down next. Literally everything we uh, covered on this entire list, we could do with sandbags. Uh, they're cheap, effective, and 
rarely used. Um, you need to program them into your into your deal if you are a new uh, starting out CrossFit coach. If you're doing stuff out of a park, out of the back of your pickup truck, or something like that, it's the it should be the first thing that you you go towards. Um, simply because you can show up with them empty, uh, steal sand from a volleyball court around, do your workout, collect your dues, dump the sand back out and head home. Um, you can clean, press, farmer's walk, zercher carry, bag over bar, chuck the thing. You can do everything with sandbags. Um, they're, they're awesome and horrible at the same time. And again, you can find all kinds of different shapes, sizes. Strongman sandbags are amazing. The um, Cyclone sandbags, I'll, I'll do a little shout out for that. On um, I think Rogue's one of the only ones making Cyclone sandbags now. Is an amazing um, sub-in for a um, Husafell stone, uh, which again can crush your athletes literally and figuratively. Um, the Cyclone sandbag is nice because it stands up tall. And again, the Husafell carry is... I'll put it up against any other cardio movement or machine any day. It will trounce it, I promise you, uh, in terms of a total body conditioning uh, movement. Do more of them. Teach people how to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, any new athlete, you teach them how to Husfeld carry, it'll make everything else so much easier, and it will make them stronger without hurting them if done properly. Stones are the very last thing. I think we can sneak it in under the wire. Stone loading having stones, find some natural stones. Again, free. Go find some natural stones. Pick them up, put them on things. Pick them up, put them over your head. Pick them up, throw them over your shoulder. Pick them up and carry them for as far as you can, right? <laughs> Again, uh, get an athlete and teach them how to pick up and carry a massive boulder or a cool looking boulder. And again, you'll be the coolest coach uh, that anyone's ever heard of because uh, no one else is doing that crap. They're not doing that at LA Fitness. They're not doing that at Planet Fitness. Uh, they're not doing it at, you know, any time. So be different. Stop trying to compete with those other places because their equipment's always going to be sexier. Their, uh, assistants and people are going to be prettier and their facility is going to be cleaner and have more amenities. So you need to go back to the basics, learn the fundamentals and just be a better coach, teach people how to do awesome shit. And, you know, uh, going back and forth on a, on a pedal bike can be part of it, but it's nowhere near as complicated or difficult as some of these other movements. So learn to Husfeld carry, use stones. You can make, uh, again, you buy a set of stone molds, right? She's rolling her eyes right now. Uh, get a set of stone molds. You can make an infinite number of your own pieces of, uh, uh, equipment with, uh, making those different size stones. Um, I'm going to figure out a way to spray them with rubber, or something uh, soft, a little bit softer, so they don't uh, cut people up so bad. Uh, they'll tear your skin off if you're not prepared for them. You don't wrap up a little bit ahead of time. And then, uh, yeah, with the stones, we can carry them on our shoulder, all that stuff. They're really cheap and uh, insanely functional. So to wrap things up here, 35 plus, I think we ended up with like 37. We just went over 37. Uh, pieces of either free or dirt cheap. Very, a couple of them are a little expensive, but no more expensive than an Olympic lifting bar. You buy a, a bearing bar or something like that, it'll be way more expensive than anything I just listed, a single one. Uh, or again, everything on this list is cheaper than a rower. And in fact, in some instances, I could buy most of this list for less than one rower. 
Um, we just covered 37 really effective, super simple and easy to implement. Well, not easy to teach, not necessarily easy to implement, but easy to get the concept of and get moving on quickly with very minimal pieces of equipment uh, to give to your athletes. Again, strongman is a sport that there it's only different from CrossFit and that the people and the personalities just don't want to admit that they're more similarly related than, uh, the, than they'd like to admit. The, the two sports share so much in common in terms of their goal, their aim, and um, the functionality of their movement and the purposes behind them. So uh, as a CrossFit coach or as a personal trainer, you will become um, far more well-rounded, far more uh, devastating in terms of your effectiveness and uh, potent with your clients and uh, awesome in terms of um, your ability to, to improve their lives and their fitness. Uh, if you learn more about Strongman, these movements, these pieces of equipment, and uh, integrate them into your training and your and your uh, your classes. So, Chanel, you got anything else to add? Um, some good strongman videos. Oh yeah, I Alan Thrall. Think, yes, Alan Thrall. Fuck his, yeah, he, he does some untamed really good, strength. Yeah, that was another dude. We we were visiting. What that was when we visited Sarah, my sister. Uh, she was still in language school uh, for Thanksgiving one year. And we flew into what LA, I think, and then we drove up to Sacramento, California, which is where Untamed Strength is. We I emailed him ahead of time, and he was super cool. We hung out, we talked. He let us work out in the gym. Uh, we dropped in. Uh, the nicest guy ever. Chanel dropped a who's fell stone, took a chunk out of his floor. Shut up, <laughs> <laughs> he was training somebody else at the, the time, and so age. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Another a good reason to use a sandbag instead of an actual stone for who's fell carry. Yeah. Um, his dog is amazing and, uh, he ha- makes some of the best videos, instructional videos, uh, that are strong men related ever. If you're, if you haven't watched all of them strong again, powerlifting, you're missing out as a coach. Like you are, you are deficient. You need to go fix that. Go watch his entire YouTube library on repeat, uh, until you're better. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this evening for the Triple C podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're able to take some tangible nuggets uh, back to use in your practice to make you better. Uh, If you have suggestions for what we should go over, um, please uh, send them to us. And if you enjoy this podcast and you like it a lot, please leave us a positive review uh, and shoot us a message uh, if uh, you'd like to let us know something. So have a great evening, everybody. And uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the United by Strength podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the information that we were able to put out today. Please take from it what you want and leave what you don't. If you have feedback for us, please send it to unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps people find the podcast and allows us to grow our base of listeners.